Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. Remember, you can contact me on the Dr. Wyatt Show on Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at 720-307-7347. If you don't get me, leave a voicemail. I'll call you back, and our conversation will become a part of the next podcast so that others can also learn from your questions. Okay, today I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to share four stages of my life. How did I get here? I'm going to start with my personal life and then get into my professional journey because a lot of you have asked me before, how did you get here? How did you end up here doing what you're doing? So I hope you find this enjoyable and interesting. Often we, we want to know. We want to know someone's story. On my website, drwyattfisher.com, you can click on About and you can learn more about my story, but today I'm gonna go in more depth and share more of my professional journey than I've shared in other places. So stage one was my upbringing. That's the first thing I'm gonna talk about, my upbringing. I was born in Bryan, Ohio. Very small town up in the northwest corner of Ohio, next to Indiana, next to Michigan. That's where I was born. I still have a lot of family there. That's where my parents met. They both went to high school there. They were high school sweethearts. And so that's where I was born. I have an older sister, one older sister who's three years older than me. And so that's where it all began. And unfortunately, by the time I was six or seven, my parents had a divorce. And it was devastating. It blew apart our family. So for several years, it was me, my mom, and my sister. Then my mom met someone new and got remarried. So now I had a new stepdad and a new stepbrother. And we decided, they decided to move to Colorado for a fresh start. So that was way back when I was around nine or 10. We moved to Colorado Springs and that's where we started this new family. And for a few years, things were okay, but more and more, my stepdad and I were not getting along. We started butting heads. And it came to a head when I was a freshman and we had a falling out. And so I decided to go live with my dad who had lived, who moved to Texas. And so I moved, went to Texas when I was a freshman in high school. First few years, things went okay with my dad and my stepmom. However, I was strong-willed, my dad was strict. So by the the time I was a senior, him and I had a falling out. And so I went to live with a friend who also lived right there locally in Texas. And I lived with that friend and his mom until I graduated high school. My dad did not think I should go to college. He didn't think I had what it took to go to college at that time. He thought I should go to the military. I was not interested in going to the military, and so I went to college anyway. And I moved back to Colorado to go to college, and I went to the University of Colorado at Boulder. So at that time in my life, I was so focused on just having fun. I was wild. I was strong-willed. I did not care about learning. And that caught up with me by my sophomore year. My performance was so poor at college that I got suspended. And it was so poor that I had to reapply to get back in. And thankfully, I did. And this goes into my second stage. So this is my undergraduate and graduate college experience. 
So when I came back to undergrad as a sophomore, I was determined to be a good student. So I made a commitment to myself that I was gonna read all of the assigned reading for one semester. I had never really read. I just skimmed through high school, did the bare minimum, and then I skimmed through my freshman year of college, and then it caught up with me. So at this point, I was determined to become a good student. So I started reading everything, all of my assignments. I started reading everything. And through that experience, I fell in love with learning. My mind blew up. I couldn't believe how much there was to learn. And it was so fascinating. And my major was international affairs. And the reason I chose that major is because I wanted to make an impact. Because of all the stuff I had gone through in my upbringing, all of the brokenness, all of the fallouts, all of the turmoil, all of that heartache that I had gone through really developed a deep-seated desire in my soul to want to help others. So at the time, my mindset was, let me major in international affairs because that's going to allow me to help as many people as possible across the world. That was my thought process as a 20-year-old. So that was my major. So I took a lot of political science courses, a lot of economic courses, a lot of history courses, and I loved it. I really enjoyed it. But by the time I was a senior graduating, I was still unclear of what to do. And then when I was really doing some soul searching, I felt like I was getting called to help people one-on-one. And that was my purpose, that that was gonna be my mission, that that was gonna be my passion, was to help people more on a one-on-one basis. So the idea of becoming a psychologist, becoming a therapist started entering in. So my wife and I were actually signed up to go to the Peace Corps. Uh, We dated all through college, and then right when I graduated undergrad, we got married, and we were gonna go to the Peace Corps. But at that time, I felt a real clear calling to help people one-on-one by becoming a therapist. So we scratched the Peace Corps idea and instead I applied to graduate school to become a therapist. So that's what we did. So I went to graduate school, we moved to Virginia. I went to school in Virginia for graduate school and the first year I was in the master's program in counseling and I loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved all the coursework, I loved actually helping and getting the experience of the one-on-one helping profession. I got a lot of positive feedback from my professors, and so that was confirmation to me that I was on the right track. So after a year in the master's program, I applied to the doctorate program in clinical psychology, and that was a five-year program. And so I started working hard in that doctorate program, learning all the classes, experiencing all the practicums. I had a practicum in a female prison and at a children's home, and then we had a a practicum experience on site on campus where us doctorate students would see all the staff for free. And so that's where I started working with people. And so I really loved it. It was a long program. All of my friends, all my peers were already out making money. I wasn't. I was making, I think, $17,000 a year as a student and just working part-time on campus. And so those were very frugal days, and those were the beginnings of my career. I was a graduate student. I was a student all the way up until I was, I think, 28 years old. So that was a huge part of my 20s, is I was a student. So during this time as well, as a graduate student, I enrolled in a leadership coaching course. It was a year-long program that was being offered at my school, and I also became a certified leadership coach. 
And this was really the beginning of my entrepreneurial bent. I've always loved starting things. I've always been an initiator and it really started taking form when I was in graduate school. So once I became a certified leadership coach, I started my first business in leadership coaching. So I started offering leadership coaching to various companies around town and got a few leadership coaching clients. So at that time, what I would do is I would give them 360 degree feedback, which I had learned in my program, and then the major growth areas they had to work on, I would provide coaching with them over 12 weeks, and then we would reassess using 360 degree feedback for progress. And I really enjoyed it. So I did that for a couple years as I was completing graduate school. Once I completed graduate school, my last year was a full year of residency of internship. I got accepted back at the University of Colorado at Boulder in their student counseling center. That's what I did for a full year to complete my doctorate degree. During that year, I had to choose a specialty. And so I chose ADHD at the time. ADHD at that time was an up and coming focus in the field of psychology, especially for adults. And so I took my coaching background and my interest in ADHD and merged it together to form ADHD coaching. So that became my subspecialty during my year at CU Boulder in the counseling department. And it took off. And so midway through my internship year, I started a private practice in Boulder specializing in ADHD coaching. And that became the segue as I graduated and got my doctorate back in 2005. I already had a private practice going, and so I just kept it going. And then I also started getting into online teaching at the time. I really wanted something stable financially for my growing family, and I knew online teaching was up and coming. So I started applying to universities to do their online teaching for them in psychology. So I got hired at six universities over several years as I kept applying. And so that became what I did for a good five to 10 years. I worked at six universities doing online courses, providing online courses, and I had my private practice on the side. After five years or so of doing ADHD coaching, I became really well known in my industry. In Boulder, Colorado, I became the person to go to for ADHD. And so there were some things I loved about it. You know, I loved working with that population. However, I noticed after a while, my heart wasn't in it. It wasn't my passion. I didn't get excited to work with my clients for ADHD. It was just something where I saw there was a need, and so I filled the niche. And I became well-known, like I mentioned, and so I was successful at it, but my heart wasn't in it. And I also noticed more and more as I was working with clients with ADHD, it started becoming couples work because someone would bring in their spouse. And so we would work on how ADHD was impacting the marriage. And so a lot of my work in my private practice became more and more about couples. And I have always loved marriage. I always loved the focus of marriage. And I remembered back to when I was in graduate school and my my interest was always in marriage. And this takes me into number three, the third stage of my development, which is my early career. And so even though I was specializing in ADHD, even though I was well known for ADHD, even though I had a thriving practice around ADHD, I just felt more and more that my heart wasn't in it. My heart was for couples. 
And so around this time, about five to eight years into my private practice, I started considering maybe I should relabel my niche and focus more on just couples, on just relationships, on just marriage. And so that's what I did. And so I made that transition. I started phasing out of all ADHD work and primarily specializing only in couples, only in marriage. And that took a few years to phase out of one and phase into a new niche. You have to have a niche when you're a psychologist. You can't just be a generalist because you'll be like vanilla ice cream. You have to have a niche. And so I started specializing just in marriage counseling. And so then things really started taking off because now my heart was engaged. Now I had passion. Now I could use all my experiences of being married myself and all the stuff my wife and I had gone through, all the stuff I'd been through growing up, all my education, everything I've read. I was able to start funneling all of that into this one centered passion, which was marriage counseling. And then I lit up. Then I became on fire because I was ignited because it was everything I wanted to do. Everything was starting to line up for me. And this brings me into my fourth stage, which leads me into my current career focus. So I started focusing on everything marriage. So I started a website and started writing articles on marriage. I eventually started this podcast where I was talking about marriage and couples. Eventually I started my retreat, the Total Marriage Refresh, about how to have a good relationship, the top six steps to marital satisfaction. That's what I cover in my retreat. And then eventually I started developing an app on helping couples stay in love called Keep the Glow. And then eventually I wrote a book on the Total Marriage Refresh retreat. I turned it into a book. And then eventually I started training other people on how to do the conference for me in different cities to start spreading the message of hope. And that brings me to where I am today. So today, that's my career, that's my focus, that's my passion. I work with couples. I do this marriage podcast. I do a marriage conference. I have an app. I wrote a book all about relationships, all about how to work healthy in relationships. So that's who I am. That's been my journey, and that's how I got here. So those are four stages of my life. So number one, I went through my upbringing. Number two, I talked about my college experience, both undergrad and graduate school. Number three is my early career days. And then number four is my current career focus. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode today, even though it was different than most episodes I do. For more marriage resources, be sure to go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. And remember to click the five stars and leave a review. I love hearing your reviews that this podcast is making an impact on you. Also, if you know someone that could benefit from this podcast, a loved one, a friend, send them a text today and tell them about the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you nurture it and care for it, it will grow. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.